chapter three part three of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain is succeeded by mr wolcott the vacant office of secretary of the treasury was filled by mr wolcott of connecticut a gentleman of sound judgment who was well versed in its duties he had served as comptroller for a considerable time and in that situation had been eminently useful to the head of the department the report of the select committee recommended additional objects for internal taxation and that the temporary duties already imposed should be rendered permanent the opposition made to this important part of the system was so ardent and so persevering that though the measure was taken up early in the session the bill did not pass the house of representatives until late in february not only were the taxes proposed by the friends of the administration encountered successively by popular objections urged with all the vehemence of passion and zeal of conviction but it was with extreme difficulty that the duties on sugar refined and tobacco manufactured within the united states could be rendered permanent when gentlemen were urged to produce a substitute for the system they opposed a direct tax was mentioned with approbation but no disposition was shown to incur the responsibility of becoming the patrons of such a measure at length by the most persevering exertions of the federal party the bill was carried through the house and thus was that system adopted which if its operation shall not be disturbed and if no great accumulations of debt be made will in a few years discharge all the engagements of the united states on the third of march this important session was ended although the party hostile to the administration had obtained a small majority in one branch of the legislature several circumstances had occurred to give great weight to the recommendations of the president among these may be reckoned the victory obtained by general wayne and the suppression of the western insurrection in some points however which he had pressed with earnestness his sentiments did not prevail one of these was a bill introduced into the senate for preserving peace with the indians by protecting them from the intrusions and incursions of the whites from the commencement of his administration the president had reviewed this subject with great interest and had permitted scarcely a session of congress to pass away without pressing it on the attention of the legislature it had been mentioned in his speech at the commencement of the present session and had been further enforced by a message accompanying a report made upon it by the secretary of war the following humane sentiments extracted from that report are characteristic of the general views of the administration it seems that our own experience would demonstrate the propriety 
of endeavouring to preserve a pacific conduct in preference to a hostile one with the indian tribes the united states can get nothing by an indian war but they risk men money and reputation as we are more powerful and more enlightened than they are there is a responsibility of national character that we should treat them with kindness and even with liberality the plan suggested in this report was to add to those arrangements respecting trade which were indispensable to the preservation of peace a chain of garrison posts within the territory of the indians provided their assent to the measure should be obtained and to subject all those who should trespass on their lands to martial law a bill founded on this report passed the senate but was lost in the house of representatives by a small majority resignation of general knox this report preceded the resignation of the secretary of war but a few days this valuable officer too was driven from the service of the public by the scantiness of the compensation allowed him on the twenty eighth of december seventeen ninety four he addressed a letter to the president giving him official notice that with a year his services as secretary for the department of war would cease this resolution had long before been verbally communicated after having served my country concluded the letter near twenty years the greater portion of the time under your immediate auspices it is with extreme reluctance i find myself constrained to withdraw from so honourable a situation but the natural and powerful claims of a numerous family will no longer permit me to neglect their essential interests in whatever situation i shall be i shall recollect your confidence and kindness with all the fervour and purity of affection of which a grateful heart is susceptible in the letter accepting his resignation the president expressed the regret it occasioned and added i cannot suffer you however to close your public service without uniting to the satisfaction which must arise in your own mind from conscious rectitude assurances of my most perfect persuasion that you have deserved well of your country my personal knowledge of your exertions while it authorizes me to hold this language justifies the sincere friendship which i have borne you and which will accompany you in every situation of life is succeeded by colonel pickering colonel pickering a gentleman who had filled many important offices through the war of the revolution who had discharged several trusts of considerable confidence under the present government and who at the time was postmaster-general was appointed to succeed him on the seventh of march the treaty of amity commerce and navigation between the united states and great britain which had been signed by the ministers of the two nations on the nineteenth of the preceding november was received at the office of state treaty between the united states and great britain 
from his arrival in london on the fifteenth of june mr j had been assiduously and unremittingly employed on the arduous duties of his mission by a deportment respectful yet firm mingling a decent deference for the government to which he was deputed with a proper regard for the dignity of his own this minister avoided those little asperities which frequently embarrass measures of great concern and smoothed the way to the adoption of those which were suggested by the real interests of both nations many and intricate were the points to be discussed on some of them an agreement was found to be impracticable but at length a treaty was concluded which mr j declared to be the best that was attainable and which he believed it for the interests of the united states to accept indeed it was scarcely possible to contemplate the evidences of extreme exasperation which were given in america and the nature of the differences which subsisted between the two countries without feeling a conviction that war was inevitable should this attempt to adjust those differences prove unsuccessful on monday the eighth of june the senate in conformity with the summons of the president convened in the senate chamber and the treaty with the documents connected with it were submitted to their consideration on the twenty fourth of june after a minute and laborious investigation the senate by precisely a constitutional majority advised and consented to its conditional ratification an insuperable objection existed to an article regulating the intercourse with the british west indies founded on a fact which is understood to have been unknown to mr j the intention of the contracting parties was to admit the direct intercourse between the united states and those islands but not to permit the productions of the latter to be carried to europe in the vessels of the former to give effect to this intention the exportation from the united states of those articles which were the principal productions of the islands was to be relinquished among these was cotton this article which a few years before was scarcely raised in sufficient quantity for domestic consumption was becoming one of the richest staples of the southern states the senate being informed of this fact advised and consented that the treaty should be ratified on condition that an article be added thereto suspending that part of the twelfth article which related to the intercourse with the west indies although in the mind of the president several objections to the treaty had occurred they were overbalanced by its advantages and before transmitting it to the senate he had resolved to ratify it if approved by that body the resolution of the senate presented difficulties which required consideration whether they could advise and consent to an article which had not been laid before them and whether their resolution was to be considered as the final exercise of their power were questions not entirely free from difficulty nor was it absolutely clear that the executive could ratify the treaty under the advice of the senate until the suspending article should be introduced into it a few days were employed in the removal of these doubts at the expiration of which intelligence was received from europe 
which suspended the resolution which the president had formed the english papers contained an account which though not official was deemed worthy of credit that the order of the eighth of june seventeen ninety three for the seizure of provisions going to french ports was renewed in the apprehension that this order might be construed and intended as a practical construction of that article in the treaty which seemed to favour the idea that provisions though not generally contraband might occasionally become so a construction in which he had determined not to acquiesce the president thought it wise to reconsider his decision on the result of this reconsideration there is no conclusive testimony a strong memorial against this objectionable order was directed and the propositions to withhold the ratifications of the treaty until the order should be repealed to make the exchange of ratifications dependent upon that event and to adhere to his original purpose of pursuing the advice of the senate connecting with that measure the memorial which had been mentioned as an act explanatory of the sense in which his ratification was made were severally reviewed by him in conformity with his practice of withholding his opinion on controverted points until it should become necessary to decide them he suspended his determination on these propositions until the memorial should be prepared and laid before him in the meantime his private affairs required that he should visit mount vernon so restless and uneasy was the temper respecting foreign nations that no surprise ought to be excited at the anxiety which was felt on the negotiation of a treaty with great britain nor at the means which were used before its contents were known to extend the prejudices against it great umbrage was taken at the mysterious secrecy in which the negotiation had been involved that the instrument itself was not immediately communicated to the public and that the senate deliberated upon it with closed doors were considered as additional evidences of the contempt in which their rulers held the feelings and understandings of the people and of the monarchical tendencies of the government crowned heads it was loudly repeated who were machinating designs subversive of the rights of man and the happiness of nations might well cover with an impenetrable veil their dark transactions but republics ought to have no secrets in republics those to whom power was delegated being the servants of the people acting solely for their benefit ought to transact all national affairs in open day this doctrine was not too absurd for the extravagance of the moment the predetermined hostility to the treaty increased in activity as the period for deciding its fate approached on its particular merits no opinion could be formed because they were unknown but on the general question of reconciliation between the two countries a decisive judgment was extensively made up the sentiments called forth by the occasion demonstrated that no possible adjustment of differences with great britain no possible arrangement which might promise a future friendly intercourse with that nation could be satisfactory the president was openly attacked his whole system strongly condemned and the mission of mr jay particularly was reprobated in terms of peculiar harshness that a treaty of amity and commerce should have been formed whatever might be its principles was a degrading insult to the american people 
a pusillanimous surrender of their honour and an insidious injury to france between such a compact and an alliance no distinction was taken it was an abandonment of the ancient ally of the united states whose friendship had given them independence and whose splendid victories still protected them for a close connection with her natural enemy and with the enemy of human liberty the pretended object of the mission it was said was a reparation for wrongs not a contaminating connection with the most faithless and corrupt court in the world the return of the envoy without that reparation was a virtual surrender of the claim the honor of the united states required a peremptory demand of the immediate surrender of the western posts and of compensation for the piratical depredations committed on their commerce not a disgraceful and humiliating negotiation the surrender and the compensation ought to have been made instantly for no reliance could be placed in promises to be performed in future that the disinclination formerly manifested by great britain to give the stability and certainty of compact to the principles regulating the commercial intercourse between the two countries had constituted an important item in the catalogue of complaints against that power that the existence or non-existence of commercial treaties had been selected as the criterion by which to regulate the discriminations proposed to be made in the trade of foreign nations that in the discussion on this subject the favourers of commercial hostility had uniformly supported the policy of giving value to treaties with the united states these opinions were instantly relinquished by the party which had strenuously asserted them while urged by their leaders in congress and it was imputed as a crime to the government and to its negotiator that he had proceeded further than to demand immediate and unconditional reparation of the wrongs sustained by the united states the most strenuous and unremitting exertions to give increased energy to the love which was openly avowed for france and to the detestation which was not less openly avowed for england were connected with this course of passionate declamation such was the state of parties when the senate advised the ratification of the treaty although common usage and a decent respect for the executive and for a foreign nation not less than a positive resolution required that the seal of secrecy should not be broken by the senate an abstract of this instrument not very faithfully taken was given to the public and on the twenty ninth of june a senator of the united states transmitted a copy of it to the most distinguished editor of the opposition party in philadelphia to be communicated to the public through the medium of the press if the negotiation itself had been acrimoniously censured if amicable arrangements whatever might be their character had been passionately condemned it was not to be expected that the treaty would assuage these pre-existing irritations in fact public opinion did receive a considerable shock and men uninfested by the spirit of faction felt some disappointment on its first appearance in national contests unless there be an undue attachment to the adversary country few men even among the intelligent are sensible of the weakness which may exist in their own pretensions or can allow their full force 
to the claims of the other party if the people at large enter keenly into the points of controversy with the foreign power they can never be satisfied with any equal adjustment of those points unless other considerations stronger than abstract reason afford that satisfaction nor will it ever be difficult to prove to them in a case unassisted by the passions that in any practicable commercial contract they give too much and receive too little on no subject whatever have considerations such as these possessed more influence than in that which was now brought before the american people their operation was not confined to those whose passions urged them to take part in the war nor to the open enemies of the executive the friends of peace and of the administration had generally received impressions unfavorable to the fair exercise of judgment in the case which it required time and reflection to efface even among them strong prejudices had been imbibed in favor of france which the open attempts on the sovereignty of the united states had only weakened and the matters of controversy with great britain had been contemplated with all that partiality which men generally feel for their own interests with respect to commerce also strong opinions had been preconceived the desire to gain admission into the british west india islands especially had excited great hostility to that colonial system which had been adopted by every country in europe and sufficient allowances were not made for the prejudices by which that system was supported the treaty therefore when exposed to the public view found one party prepared for a bold and intrepid attack but the other not ready in its defence an appeal to the passions the prejudices and the feelings of the nation might confidently be made by those whose only object was its condemnation which reflection information and consequently time were required by men whose first impressions were not in its favour but who were not inclined to yield absolutely to those impressions that a treaty involving a great variety of complicated national interests and adjusting differences of long-standing which had excited strong reciprocal prejudices would require a patient and laborious investigation both of the instrument itself and of the circumstances under which it was negotiated before even those who are most conversant in diplomatic transactions could form a just estimate of its merits would be conceded by all reflecting men but an immense party in america not in the habit of considering national compacts without examining the circumstances under which that with great britain had been formed or weighing the reasons which induced it without understanding the instrument and in many instances without reading it rushed impetuously to its condemnation and confident that public opinion would be surprised by the suddenness or stormed by the fury of the assault expected that the president would be compelled to yield to its violence in the populous cities meetings of the people were immediately summoned in order to take into their consideration and to express their opinions respecting an instrument to comprehend the full extent of which a statesman would need deep reflection in the quiet of his closet aided by considerable inquiry 
it may well be supposed that persons feeling some distrust of their capacity to form intuitively a correct judgment on a subject so complex and disposed only to act knowingly would be unwilling to make so hasty a decision and consequently be disinclined to attend such meetings many intelligent men therefore stood aloof while the most intemperate assumed as usual the name of the people pronounced a definitive and unqualified condemnation of every article in the treaty and with the utmost confidence assigned reasons for their opinions which in many instances had only an imaginary existence and in some were obviously founded on the strong prejudices which were entertained with respect to foreign powers it is difficult to review the various resolutions and addresses to which the occasion gave birth without feeling some degree of astonishment mingled with humiliation at perceiving such proofs of the deplorable fallibility of human reason the first meeting was held in boston the example of that city was soon followed by new york philadelphia baltimore and charleston and as if their addresses were designed at least as much for their fellow-citizens as for their president while one copy was transmitted to him another was committed to the press the precedent set by these large cities was followed with wonderful rapidity throughout the union and the spirit in which this system of opposition originated sustained no diminution of violence in its progress on the eighteenth of july at baltimore on his way to mount vernon the president received the resolutions passed by the meeting at boston which were enclosed to him in a letter from the select men of that town the answer to this letter and to these resolutions evinced the firmness with which he had resolved to meet the effort that was obviously making to control the exercise of his constitutional functions by giving a promptness and vigor to the expression of the sentiments of a party which might impose it upon the world as the deliberate judgment of the public addresses to the chief magistrate and resolutions of town and country meetings were not the only means which were employed to enlist the american people against the measure which had been advised by the senate in an immense number of essays the treaty was critically examined in every argument which might operate on the judgment or prejudice of the public was urged in the warm and glowing language of passion to meet these efforts by counter-efforts was deemed indispensably necessary by the friends of that instrument and the gazettes of the day are replete with appeals to the passions and to the reason of those who are the ultimate arbiters of every political question that the treaty affected the interests of france not less than those of the united states was in this memorable controversy asserted by the one party with as much zeal as it was denied by the other these agitations furnished matter to the president for deep reflection and for a serious regret but they appeared not to have shaken the decision he had formed or to have affected his conduct otherwise than to induce a still greater degree of circumspection in the mode of transacting the delicate business before him on their first appearance therefore he resolved to hasten his return to philadelphia for the purpose of considering at that place rather than at mount vernon the memorial against the provision order and the conditional ratification of the treaty 
in a private letter to the secretary of state of the twenty ninth of july accompanying the official communication of this determination he stated more at large the motives which induced it these were the violent and extraordinary proceedings which were taking place and might be expected throughout the union and his opinion that the memorial the ratification and the instructions which were framing were of such vast magnitude as not only to require great individual consideration but a solemn conjunct revision he viewed the opposition which the treaty was receiving from the meetings in different parts of the union in a very serious light not because there was more weight in any of the objections than was foreseen at first for in some of them there was none and in others there were gross misrepresentations nor as it respected himself personally for that he declared should have no influence on his conduct he plainly perceived and was accordingly preparing his mind for the obloquy which disappointment and malice were collecting to heap upon him but he was alarmed on account of the effect it might have on france and the advantage which the government of that country might be disposed to make of the spirit which was at work to cherish a belief that the treaty was calculated to favour great britain at her expense whether she believed or disbelieved these tales their effect he said would be nearly the same to sum up the whole he added in a few words i have never since i have been in the administration of the government seen a crisis which in my opinion has been so pregnant with interesting events nor one from which it more is to be apprehended whether viewed on one side or the other from new york there is and i am told will further be a counter-current but how formidable it may appear i know not if the same does not take place at boston and other towns it will afford but too strong evidence that the opposition is in a manner universal and would make the ratification a very serious business indeed but as it respects the french even counter-resolutions would for the reasons i have already mentioned do little more than weaken in a small degree the effect the other side would have in a private letter of the thirty first of july to the same gentleman after repeating his determination to return to philadelphia and his impression of the wisdom the temperateness and the firmness for which the crisis most eminently called he added for there is too much reason to believe from the pains that have been taken before at and since the advice of the senate respecting the treaty that the prejudices against it are more extensive than is generally imagined how should it be otherwise when no stone has been left unturned that could impress on the minds of the people the most errant misrepresentation of facts that their rights have not only been neglected but absolutely sold that there are no reciprocal advantages in the treaty that the benefits are all on the side of great britain and what seems to have had more weight with them than all the rest and has been most pressed that the treaty is made with the design to oppress the french republic in open violation of our treaty with that nation in contrary too to every principle of gratitude and sound policy in time when passion shall have yielded to sober reason the current may possibly turn but in the meanwhile this government in relation to france and england may be compared to a ship between scylla and charybdis if the treaty is ratified the partisans of the french 
or rather of war and confusion will excite them to hostile measures or at least to unfriendly sentiments if it does not there is no foreseeing all the consequences that may follow as it respects great britain it is not to be inferred from hence that i am or shall be disposed to quit the ground i have taken unless circumstances more imperious than have yet come to my knowledge should compel it for there is but one straight course and that is to seek truth and to pursue it steadily but these things are mentioned to show that a close investigation of the subject is more than ever necessary and that there are strong evidences of the necessity of the most circumspect conduct in carrying the determination of government into effect with prudence as it respects our own people and with every exertion to produce a change for the better with great britain in a letter of the third of august written to the same gentleman in which he stated the increasing extent of hostility to the treaty the president added all these things do not shake my determination with respect to the proposed ratification nor will they unless something more imperious and unknown to me should in the opinion of yourself and the gentleman with you make it advisable for me to pause conditionally ratified by the president in the afternoon of the eleventh of august the president arrived in philadelphia and on the next day the question respecting the immediate ratification of the treaty was brought before the cabinet the secretary of state maintained singly the opinion that during the existence of the provision order and during the war between britain and france this step ought not to be taken this opinion did not prevail the resolution was adopted to ratify the treaty immediately and to accompany the ratification with a strong memorial against the provision order which should convey in explicit terms the sense of the american government on that subject by this course the views of the executive were happily accomplished the order was revoked and the ratifications of the treaty were exchanged the treaty unpopular in the united states the president was most probably determined to adopt this course by the extreme intemperance with which the treaty was opposed and the rapid progress which this violence was apparently making it was obvious that unless this temper could be checked it would soon become so extensive and would arrive at such a point of fury as to threaten dangerous consequences it was obviously necessary either to attempt the diminution of its action by rendering its exertions hopeless and by giving to the treaty the weight of his character and influence or to determine ultimately to yield to it a species of necessity therefore seems to have been created for abandoning the idea if it was ever taken up of making the ratification of the treaty dependent on the revocation of the provisional order the soundness of the policy which urged this decisive measure was proved by the event the confidence which was felt in the judgment and virtue of the chief magistrate induced many who swept away by the popular current had yielded to the common prejudices to re-examine and discard opinions which had been too hastily embraced and many were called forth by a desire to support the administration in measures actually adopted to take a more active part in the general contest than they would otherwise have pursued the consequence was that more moderate opinions respecting the treaty began to prevail in a letter 
from mount vernon of the twentieth of september address to general knox who hath communicated to him the change of opinion which was appearing in the eastern states the president expressed in warm terms the pleasure derived from that circumstance and added next to a conscientious discharge of my public duties to carry along with me the approbation of my constituents would be the highest gratification of which my mind is susceptible but the latter being secondary i cannot make the former yield to it unless some criterion more infallible than partial if they are not party meetings can be discovered as the touchstone of public sentiment if any person on earth could or the great power above would erect the standard of infallibility in political opinions no being that inhabits this terrestrial globe would resort to it with more eagerness than myself so long as i remain a servant of the public but as i have hitherto found no better guide than upright intentions and close investigation i shall adhere to them while i keep the watch leaving it to those who will come after me to explore new ways if they like or think them better charge against the president rejected if the ratification of the treaty increased the number of its open advocates it seemed also to give increased acrimony to the opposition such hold had the president taken of the affections of the people that even his enemies had deemed it generally necessary to preserve with regard to him external marks of decency and respect previous to the mission of mr jay charges against the chief magistrate though frequently insinuated had seldom been directly made and the cover under which the attacks upon his character were conducted evidenced the caution with which it was deemed necessary to proceed that mission visibly affected the decorum which had been usually observed towards him and the ratification of the treaty brought sensations into open view which had long been ill-concealed his military and political character was attacked with equal violence and it was averred that he was totally destitute of merit either as a soldier or a statesman the calumnies with which he was assailed were not confined to his public conduct even his qualities as a man were the subjects of detraction that he had violated the constitution in negotiating a treaty without the previous advice of the senate and in embracing within that treaty subjects belonging exclusively to the legislature was openly maintained for which an impeachment was publicly suggested and that he had drawn from the treasury for his private use more than the salary and next to his office was asserted without a blush this last allegation was said to be supported by extracts from the treasury accounts which had been laid before the legislature and was maintained with the most persevering effrontery though the secretary of the treasury denied that the appropriations made by the legislature had ever been exceeded the atrocious charge was still confidently repeated and the few who could triumph in any spot which might tarnish the lustre of washington's fame felicitated themselves on the prospect of obtaining a victory over the reputation of a patriot to whose single influence they ascribed the failure of their political plans with a real public the confidence felt in the integrity of the chief magistrate remained unshaken 
but so imposing was the appearance of the documents adduced as to excite an apprehension that the transaction might be placed in a light to show that some indiscretion in which he had not participated had been inadvertently committed this state of anxious suspense was of short duration the late secretary of the treasury during whose administration of the finances this peculation was said to have taken place came forward with a full explanation of the fact it appeared that the president himself had never touched any part of the compensation annexed to his office but that the whole was received and dispersed by the gentleman who superintended the expenses of his household that it was the practice of the treasury when a sum had been appropriated for the current year to pay it to that gentleman occasionally as the situation of the family might require the expenses at some periods of the year exceeded and at others fell short of the allowance for the quarter so that at sometimes money was paid in advance on account of the ensuing quarter and at others that which was due at the end of the quarter was not completely drawn out the secretary entered into an examination of the constitution and laws to show that this practice was justifiable and illustrated his arguments by many examples in which an advance on account of money appropriated to a particular object before the service was completed would be absolutely necessary however this might be it was a transaction in which the president personally was unconcerned when possessed of the entire fact the public viewed with just indignation this attempt to defame a character which was the nation's pride americans felt themselves involved in this atrocious calumny on their most illustrious citizen and his propagators were frowned into silence End of chapter three part three